there's this saying, you can only meet another as deeply as you've met yourself. And I feel that that's, that's super important when it comes to intimacy. Hey guys, welcome to our SoulFam podcast, where I interview space holders from all over the world. I'm your host, my name is Carolina, and I am the Connection Catalyst. I help spiritual entrepreneurs experience deeper connection with themselves, with others, and with the universe. Today on the show, we have Mika Phoenix, the transformational coach working with the body and the mind, who also helps people to become like a phoenix, raised from the ashes and up to the sky, and be reborn again. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Mika. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm good. I'm excited for this conversation. I'm really excited to, yeah, go to the depth with you today. Yeah. Oh, I am super excited as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be amazing because we actually haven't seen each other for a few years now. So I'm so curious about what's going on in your world and how you were helping people for the last two years. Because I know you you have transformed quite a lot like a phoenix, like a typical phoenix, right? (laughs) Just transforming all the time. So yeah, I'm super, super excited to talk to you today. And I would love to start from the little bit of a backstory about your journey, about how you became this transformational coach and how you became also a phoenix in a way that how you transformed yourself and you started to transform others. What has inspired you to be on this journey? Yeah, I think I want to start with the phoenix, actually, because the phoenix came to me very, very early in my life. I think I was well, not that early, but I was I was about 18 and I had been through a lot of initiations at the time already. I had a challenging childhood. There was just a lot of trauma that was really playing out in my life. And I noticed at some point that the Phoenix really resonated because it had this frequency and the essence of just rising stronger from the ashes and constantly just rising no matter what what life throws at us, so to say. So that's really why the Phoenix called out to me and it has been present um, ever since. And I feel like really that really leads into why have I started, um, yeah, working with people or what, what has brought me and inspired me to, to do this kind of work. It's pretty much I just really want others to also develop the ability to just transform and to do it with grace to do it with grace to bring in as much ease as possible so that's really what I'm passionate about Um, just really empowering others to step into their own inner leader and to have the tools because that's that's what helped me just really doing a lot of trainings along the way and working with other coaches and mentors and that has really helped me to gather the tools that I have today and that's also my my biggest yeah inspiration and my drive beyond uh, behind what I do. I really want everyone to have these kind of tools and to be empowered within themselves. Yeah. Mm, that's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing. But I know that you also started your let's say spiritual journey very early on because I remember you told me that you were kind of trained to do Reiki like in your childhood already. That's true. <laughs> that right. <laughs> That's true. I I received the Reiki level one initiation at 10. Yeah. And um, yeah, made my way up to level three. Um, I think I was probably 14 when I got the level three. Um, So I was really, I'm really blessed to have a very spiritual mom. Um, 
very very grateful so I'm for, for like from a young age it was really natural for me to work with energies and that energies are present and that we're more than this human body um, the interesting thing is when I was younger um, or let's say more in my teens I was actually moving away from this a little bit I was like oh, okay mom you and your spiritual stuff <laughs> um, classic um, but then yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all need to go through a bit of like a rebel phase. But then, yeah, I came, I came back to this path at like 21 and really started learning more and more. And yeah, I still remember as a child, I was incredibly sensitive. Um, I could really, as a child, already sense um, I had souls that would come to me um, and yeah, would contact me if there was some work that needed to be done. Um, so that was already present at a very young age. Um, yeah yeah that's so so nice that you had all these abilities like by 14 you were already a reiki master that's really really nice i mean you had such an awareness from childhood you know i had my spiritual awakening when i was like 23 i think so before that i didn't really i mean of course here and there some people were talking about oh these people these people see that people or you know this I don't know, that uncle contacted like some someone or just like weird things with energies, but I've never actually uh, known so much about spirituality. So I'm just so excited to talk to people that actually have had it from the young age because they are, have already kind of been brought with it. And it's like, it's a completely different perspective that you have on life if you know about energy because you can be so much more sensitive to everything that is going on if you know that everything is energy, all the thoughts, all the emotions, all the things going on in our body. So that's really, really cool um, that, you know, from such a young age, you had such an opportunity to already be attuned to it. And maybe that's why now uh, you're probably really, really good at what you're doing because you already have so much experience working with energies. And this is what it is, the body and the mind and and all these things are just energy and how to move it. If we know how to move it in a correct way, then we know how to heal ourselves and just become better and better versions of ourselves. So that's that's really, really cool. And I know that you have been really passionate about uh, dancing and movement and healing with movement. And I wanted to actually um, a little bit talk about it because I feel like for me, dancing is like one of the best medicines ever. And it seems like it's because when we are not moving, it kind of feels like the energy is very stagnant. And if we just move our body, it feels like the energy is moving as well. And so it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's like a reflection of our state of mind in a way. When we move, it's kind of we, I don't know, like, uh, I don't know, arise this energy, like we, we let it flow. And when we are just not, you know, moving and just sitting on the sofa the whole day, like how can we even heal ourselves and for me it just feels like this and I wanted to ask about your perspective like how does the movement help us like why does it heal us mm, that's a really beautiful question and yeah as you already said I'm super passionate about dance and movement um and I would actually like to um just draw some attention towards the difference because like there's a difference between dance and movement right I feel like many people are like oh like um I don't want to move my body because I can't dance. And when I work with movement, movement medicine, that is, yes, it can sometimes look awesome and it can be more like dance, but it's actually really more about moving with the energies that are present, as you already said. And I feel what happens when we fully allow ourselves to just tap into movement, so to just like 
allow ourselves to move without our mind. We actually have the ability to tap into our unconscious mind. So meaning that when our conscious mind is turned off, so to say, we can actually transmute energies directly through our movement and through our body. So it's almost like I would like to take this um, example of taking the driver of the driver's seat when we picture a car <laughs> and our ego is the driver. We're just going to take, take the driver off for, for a moment and really allow, um, yeah, allow the unconscious mind to take over. And it, there's something so powerful in this um, because our body has the innate ability to heal. Um, and when we allow ourselves to tap into that, everything is possible. Yeah. And mm. I think, that's yeah, so beautiful. It's, yeah, it's just so powerful because the body can transmute so much on its own without us having to figure it out or having, or having to, to know a certain outcome. Um, it's just like, yeah, we just let it move. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I resonate I always, with that so much because like, we, we don't give space enough for our body to move. I feel like if we are constantly going, going, going and working and doing things and, you know, people have kids and whatever, then we don't even have space to just be like, okay, now I'm going to let my body move however it needs to move and whatever it looks like for you, whether it's jumping, whether it's laying down on the ground with your hands open, whether it's whatever, then it's like your body already knows, but you don't give it enough space and time to even like do it <laughs> in terms of like you you are so busy all the time like people are so busy that they don't give attention to okay how does my body need to move today or right now and then they don't make space but as, as you say it's like a, it's subconscious mind even when we are using all these healing modalities i think maybe in spiral you use it too where you muscle test right in psych k or uh, kinesiology or theta healing you muscle test you communicate with your body because your body is the 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 instinctual uh, part of us it's like the part of us that is connected to our subconscious mind so if we can communicate with the body we can communicate with our subconscious as well so i feel like if we just give it space and time to move however it needs to then it will heal us but we just don't do that <laughs> it's, a, it's a direct access point to our unconscious mind and i love that you just mentioned instinctual nature because um coming back to movement even just shaking Shaking is such medicine. I mean, when we look at animals, what do animals do after they experience a scare or, or trauma? Um, they have a really good shake. They have a really, really, really good shake and then they move on, they go on about their lives. But the problem that happens with us is that when we experience um, trauma, and trauma can be a very strong word, um, I wanna just also just share that maybe a trauma can be a little thing. It can be actually just that we that we have a scare during the day. It doesn't even have to be a really big childhood trauma, but our body stores this. If we, as you just said, we just keep running around and we don't create the space to move, our body stores this information. Trauma is pretty much unprocessed information that gets stuck in the body. And by moving our body um, through, for example, shaking or movement, however it feels good, we can then unlock this unprocessed information and it can flow through and it can be transmuted and that's how we can heal ourselves it's so powerful and i feel like we can we can learn so much from from animals when we really just observe how they um navigate through these experiences when they have a scary experience yeah mm, 
Yeah, absolutely. And I have a question that just came to my mind because you heal a lot with movement. And I feel like for me, movement usually means yoga or dancing. And usually for me, it's just pleasant. I mean, of course, sometimes when I stretch too much on yoga, it's not pleasant, but uh, it's like a pleasant, unpleasant. But I'm what I mean is like, if you, for example, shake or if you do all these kind of movements where the trauma is actually released, do you find that um, you... First of all, do you need to feel the emotion that is coming out of you to be able to heal it? Or does it just show up sometimes and sometimes you just release the energy and you don't even need to feel the feeling behind it? Because I find that through dancing, I'm like releasing a lot, but I don't feel what kind of, let's say, negative emotions are released from my body in the moment because I'm just enjoying it so much that it's just kind of like, you know, moving by itself and I don't have to experience it. Whereas in other processes, like, um, for example, completion process, where which I practice, it's, you know, you're going back to childhood trauma, you're reliving the memory, you're really letting all these feelings out of your body and expressing them. So I'm curious to know, like, do you feel like the feelings that are very traumatic, do they need to be um, felt when they are released from the body? Or do you feel like just by movement, if they are just, it's, it's the energy that is just coming out. So if it just comes out, it's already kind of like released and you don't, it's not necessary to feel it. Yeah. I feel like it's very different. It really depends on the case. I feel sometimes we don't necessarily need to feel the emotions. Sometimes they just move through, like especially when you work with dance. Um, there's also techniques that are, for example, it's called tremor release. The tremor release is a really beautiful practice where we actually trigger the body into a natural release that puts us in the parasympathetic nervous system. So the parasympathetic nervous system is the nervous system that's, that's a relax, it's a relaxed state. So when we release through these kind of states, it's very, very, very gentle. And often we don't necessarily need to feel the emotions. But then sometimes feeling the emotions can actually also be really beneficial for our healing journey, depending on if it's, for example, a childhood trauma that's really, really old and that, that created a strong pattern in our life. Then it's actually really beneficial, I feel, to feel the emotions and to realize, oh, I'm feeling this because this happened at the time and now I can understand how this is still playing out in my life today. So I feel sometimes it's, it's, it's really beneficial to feel the emotions. And necessary even and some and other times we can just release without feeling the emotions and potentially even feeling joy as you just said when I dance I just feel good but I still feel I release so much um, so it's really it really depends on, on the case and it's different every day that's why I feel it's so important to mm -hmm. have a big toolkit you know it's like oh I have all these tools what do I need today and I just pick what what resonates and what serves me best in this moment yeah mm -hmm. perfect thank you so much for sharing i actually just need to plug in my computer because i can see that low battery but give me one sec yeah yeah sure <laughs> so now i'm not gonna be that much in light but whatever i don't have another plug in here so i'm just gonna have to roll with how it is hope it's still fine it's still i'm still visible right <laughs> Alrighty. Alrighty, I'm back. Perfect. And so, yeah, I found that, you know, in my work, because we always feel the emotion, it's kind of like almost required to understand yourself on a 
deep, deep level to understand your inner child and how this inner child felt in the moment. But also I feel like we don't always need to go through all these traumatic events to actually heal ourselves. We can do it in a very joyful way and we can actually uh, heal through experiencing the opposite in terms of if we experience sadness, we can heal experiencing happiness and dancing can actually help with it or just movement can help with it as well. So I feel like, yeah, if you have such a very, very big emotional response to something in childhood then the energy is, seems like it's just bigger it's like denser it's like more of that to be released so maybe then it's necessary to to feel it but if it's just you know something that happened maybe today we can just like easily shake it out of our body and then not have a, an a issue with this anymore uh, ever again <laughs> so that's that's really really cool and I, I'm also uh, really curious about all the tools that you are using to help yourself and help your clients as well so I would love you to uh, talk a little bit about that because I know that, for example, you practice Spiral. And I only heard about Spiral on one of the episodes uh, on the podcast, but it wasn't like full depth of what it can uh, do for us. So I would love to maybe hear a little bit about the method itself and also the some success stories, how it ca- has helped uh, people, how it has shifted their life. Yeah. Um, so the spiral is a modality that is pretty much based on kinesiology. So I do work with, with muscle testing and with, um, yeah, with emotions um, as well, which is very typical for um, kinesiology. Then it, it has a little bit of NLP in it as well. So we reprogram the brain. And I personally also always combine it with embodiment techniques. So embodiment um, pretty much meaning that um we give the emotions that are flowing through um the chance to be expressed through the body um and there's different tools that i've learned over the years there's for example there are techniques that are called emotional release tools um that's that's a technique where we can really access deeply um emotions that are deeply stored in the body and they can be released um but coming back to the spiral the spiral a really good way to put it. It's not very in detail, but that's pretty much the essence of the spiral. The spiral gets us to where we want to be in life faster because the spiral is pretty much a, a program. It's a, it's a program of uh, nine sessions where we dive really deeply into the unconscious mind through kinesiology and muscle testing and um, the embodiment techniques that I mentioned before. And we pretty much find the beliefs that were created in early childhood that are still playing out in our lives today. For example, if on a very deep level, we, on an unconscious level, we believe that we are not worthy of love, then we are not able to attract love, not the love that we want in our lives. And that can even play play out um, not only in relationship, this can even also just play out in our relationship to money. If we have an issue with receiving, which is really that's tied in with love as well, then how are we able to create abundance? Um, so pretty much the spiral works. Um, yeah, as I said, it's like an eight-week journey, and we journey through the chakras. We begin at the root chakra, and each chakra has different um, themes. For example, the root chakra is all about our physical body, and it's all about our sense of worth. So we will journey with the emotions um, that are connected to worth and we will find the patterns and the beliefs that were created in childhood that block us from stepping into a new level of deserving, for example. 
and yeah the goals for each chakra um for example the heart chakra works with love and with relationships and um, self-acceptance self-love um I'm actually just journeying through this spiral again myself for the third time now. I'm doing a practitioner swap with someone and I'm like, oh my God, this work is just so potent. <laughs> just really realizing um, where I'm, there's, I mean, there's always more to share. There's always more layers to share. But I had some really big realizations around the love and where I'm actually still holding myself back on an unconscious level from receiving the love that I truly desire. Um, and funnily enough, I'm actually just journeying level five now, which is all about the voice. And all of a sudden I'm on a podcast. <laughs> so this, this work is really perfectly amazing when we, when we dissolve the limiting beliefs, um, how our reality really starts changing. And that's why I say the spiral is almost like a shortcut. It gets you to where you want to be in life faster because it, it dissolves the beliefs that are really in the way. And, um, yeah, I had the, the really beautiful opportunity to work with someone last year. I took him through the spiral and, um, yeah, he, he was someone who felt really stuck in his life and his biggest intention was, I just really want to be free. I want to, I want to feel free. And um, I actually just checked in with him, with him this week and now um, everything that we freed up in his life now, he's actually developed the the ability now to also fully share his gifts and he's helping other people now and he's really stepping into the freedom that he always desired like for him it was just really being being free of the childhood trauma that he was carrying and he's really healed so much from his ancestral line his family line he's healed the connection with his father with his mother and it's created so much freedom for him that now he's actually also just sharing his gifts um with the world and it's just really really beautiful so the spiral is really something you can go into the spiral or journey to the spiral with the intention that you desire if you're like i'm unhappy in my job i want to shift out of my job and actually step into sharing my gifts as um, a healer that was my intention when i went through the spiral for the first time i was like i've done so many trainings i've got so many tools but I feel like I'm hiding, I'm hiding, I'm not sharing my gifts. So that was my biggest intention. And ever since I have been working with clients. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, everything is- That's amazing. Yeah. I remember when you were hiding. I remember I've, I've known you still in the hidden place and now you're just like blossoming, like you're, you know, op opened up so much. So I, I totally believe that, you know, if, if Spiral has helped you, then I can really feel the shift within you. So it must be a very, very powerful method. And I love that it works with the chakras actually, because not many, I think not many um, modalities work with the chakra system specifically. And for me, chakras are something that I actually started my self-development from in terms of like I learned how to uh, operate uh, with them and like how to manipulate energy and uh, for me like on my first psychedelic journey when I was really awakened to my soul I just learned how to manipulate energy within my body and actually learn how each chakra feels and what kind of emotions can open it up so for me this journey of like really feeling the positive feelings that can open up that they activate the chakra was the main tool for the first few years this and Enneagram typology uh, of personality were the main tools that actually has helped me, have helped me move through like being very stressed and very, 
just in my totally in my ego totally in just like complete disaster <laughs> and now that i look back i'm just thinking how could i even live like this so stressed and so all over the place and it has helped me move through a lot of things so i really believe in in the chakra system and when you focus on it when you really uh, remove the blocks remove the suppressed energy and really activate the positive energy that also helps them to move energy through and em emit because the chakras are emitting and absorbing energy so we can emit the emotion that actually opens up activate your uh, activates your chakra and i also even wrote my own chakra meditation and um, part of it the short version is on youtube because i just feel like it's one of the most powerful things you can do to work with your energy system because then when you have a feeling it's like okay i can feel in my solar plexus so I, I know more or less what it can be so it's easier to get in tune with your body when you know how the system works and of course the chakras are all interconnected so the feeling is not on, only in one place i mean when i for example see the energy like if i see the the thought form then the thought form has different colors it doesn't have only one so it's not like you you're feeling your your um thought has only one one chakra it's like usually it's interconnected mixed together but when you know more or less where the chakras are and how they work and what they are corresponding to it can be really powerful to just know more about yourself and be more self-aware so i love that the spiral uses it it's really really cool it's amazing like um I've also really noticed since going through the spiral for the first time, my psychic abilities have opened up so much because, of course, we're also working with the third eye chakra. So it's also really opening up our, our vision, our inner vision. Um, it's it's really, really incredible. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's, this mm, work that's is amazing. So I'm really curious to try it one day. Yeah, because there's so much is possible. Mm -hmm. So much is possible. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. amazing amazing that sounds cool i'm excited to try it one day <laughs> amazing but i also want to touch upon a little bit the different topic than we just spoke about because um we were speaking before we started about intimacy and i just yeah before i i took a shower before our podcast i was like i think i want to ask mika about the how to overcome fear of intimacy because i think that's very very um alive right now especially that uh, recently i had a podcast with a, a tantric practitioner and we also she gave her three tips for intimacy and uh, for building intimacy and i feel like there's so many people still that are as you said hidden as well that are actually afraid to put themselves out there or to even look in some other people's eyes uh, if it's extreme or you know they are so scared to connect but we need the connection especially after pandemic and war and all these things going on in our world now we need intimacy we need connection we need attunement we need all these things so what do you feel like people should do to overcome the sphere of intimacy mm. i think one of the biggest things um and interestingly this actually also ties in with the spiral i feel you mentioned before you know self-awareness and getting to know ourselves so i feel like that one of the biggest blocks to intimacy is actually when we don't really know ourselves. When we don't know our own being, we don't fully feel at home in our body and in our being, how are we supposed to meet another? Because that actually also creates fear when you don't fully know yourself. Um, how can we let another in and how can we meet in this space of intimacy and togetherness? Um, so I feel really one of the best, um, one of the biggest things that we can do for ourselves if we want to experience intimacy is being intimate with ourselves how good can we get to know ourselves our own body how do we actually 
feel at home in our own body? How well do, do I know my mind and my own body? And um, from this place, it actually creates a really strong anchor and foundation when you feel secure in, our, in yourself. And then you can also meet another. Um, there's this saying, you can only meet another as deeply as you've met yourself. And I feel that that's, that's super important when it comes to intimacy. And of course, also, we spoke about um, trauma before, childhood traumas. Um, often our inner child, um, that's the one who's, who's scared to open up to intimacy because maybe we experienced something in our childhood where one of our caregivers wasn't, wasn't fully present. Maybe our father wasn't fully present in our life or our mother. And this will, of course, still influence us today to open up to, to another and the themes that we shared shared about before as well, the sense of worth. When I'm not feeling fully worthy to receive love, then that also creates a block. So um, bringing that full circle, I feel one of the biggest or well, the best things that we can really do is exploring our own being. And then from this grounded space, we can we can really open up to others. We can let ourselves be seen. Yeah, from a grounded and anchored place. Yeah. Yeah. what you're saying because i believe that we as children internalize our relationships especially with parents so if we for example felt unsafe with one of the parents then we have a part of us that is the parent and we have a part of us that is a kid so actually really if we can work with the parts of us internally that are scared uh, of each other i mean if the inner child is scared of inner parent then if we resolve this conflict then automatically this will reflect in our relationships with our other people so we're not going to be scared to connect with others because this internal conflict in a way or internal resistance will be removed so if we can really as you say know ourselves on a deep level but in terms of know our subconscious mind because like it's never about the other person or i mean some traumas i believe that are relationship traumas uh, need to be also healed in relationships to uh, with other people but also a lot of things we can most of the things i believe we can actually heal within but we need to dive deep into our subconscious mind to know what is the conflict how to resolve it and i feel like for example parts integration is perfect for that because you can the parts integration is at least how i learned it is that when you sit on one chair and you're fully embodying one part of you and then you sit on the other chair and you're fully embodying the other part and the facilitator can ask you questions or you can record yourself on a video just speaking out as this part of you and then you can discover wow i didn't even know that this part of me is like this or like that or you know once i did part recently i did parts work with a with a friend and she was like so scared to go into her part because she was like no this part is for sure just pissed off and she's gonna scream and whatever and it turned out that this part was actually quite funny and she was just like laughing most of the time and she was just like very passionate so she had a lot of anger but she also had a lot of like joy and so on and sometimes we don't even know like we think that we are we have parts that are like this, but then it turns out that it's completely different. They have different roles, different needs. So I feel like if you can discover your subconscious mind in whichever way and discover what these parts actually want and need and, and whatever, what they are doing for you, then you're like, okay, wow, I can actually now look into someone else's eyes because now I can, you know, I resolve this conflict between my inner father and inner child and now it's all good suddenly. So I really, really believe uh, in everything that you said because I feel like it's so, so important to look deeper because our conscious mind doesn't know shit. Yeah. I mean, it's just 5% yeah. of us. So, and as the we truth said, is, like, it doesn't know shit. It, it happens naturally as well. Once we resolve whatever is going on in our internal world, 
we surprise ourselves all of a sudden in connection. It's like, oh, hey, I feel like if that would have happened a month ago, I would have been scared. But now that I've resolved whatever was um, present in my being, I, I'm not feeling scared and I can still stay open in connection. And that then creates deeper intimacy when we can stay open to the other person, mm. um, even when they may be going through their own experience because we feel secure and anchored in our own being. Yeah. And then you also mm. mentioned kids. So that's also something really beautiful when we explore our own being. We're like, okay, what do I need? What are my basic needs? And what do I actually want and desire? And when we're clear on this, then we can also attract this in the outer world and also communicate this to another. Because I find another really big piece when it comes to intimacy is communication. And again, we can only communicate well if we really know ourselves, if we know what's going on in here. Do we know what we need, what we want, what we desire? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and intimacy is like into me see. So you need to see into yourself first uh, to actually be able to see into another, I feel, on a deep level. Because if you don't see into yourself, then how can you even see into someone else? And so what are your favorite practices to develop intimacy? Because there are a lot uh, out there, but maybe you have some kind of favorite exercises or practices that you can recommend. Something that I'm actually just dive, diving into myself, it's a practice that's called Authentic Relating. And it's a, it's a practice, it's a toolkit in itself, but that it really works with the present moment. So let's say we would be working together right now. We would, for example, just voice what we're noticing in our body right now. And the other person just deeply receives you and, and listens, and then you swap roles. And it sounds so simple, and it is, but what actually happens is that we fully drop um, our stories and what our mind is creating we drop into the present moment and we feel into our body it's like oh I'm feeling a little bit of there's actually some tightness in my chest now that I'm with you and we're just giving that a voice and by voicing that we also transmute it and that's a really really beautiful practice that I'm currently exploring myself and that I find absolutely mind-blowing sometimes 10 minutes of this um, feel like a whole therapy session <laughs> It's hard to put into words. It's really, you need to experience it. Um, but then also just, um, it's maybe not necessarily a practice, but I feel what really creates intimacy for me as well is also just, just really good communication. Just really being really transparent and being really truthful. And that's something that really creates intimacy for me with another, yeah. Mm, yeah, I can relate to that a lot because I know that these kind of simple exercises sometimes can be so mind blowing, like, oh, you're just expressing what's alive within you at the moment. But then it's like, whoa, there was such a layer of emotion there that was present in the moment. And if you express it, you're like, oh, my God, the whole filter on reality is gone right now. <laughs> or, you know, even a simple exercise that I know, that I do sometimes on a heart opening ceremony that I learned from my mentor, Teal Swan, where you just stand in a circle and one, one person and just stands in the middle and people in the circle are giving uh, compliments or just something kind and loving about this person what they see in this person something really good and it's like a positive focus and receptivity exercise and that creates so much intimacy so quickly and also it's so simple but actually so powerful like people cry people shed layers of you know 
trauma sometimes because if they were not seen and suddenly five people in the circle look into their eyes and they actually see them for who they are, it can be so transformative and create so much intimacy. And of course, for me, one of the favorite is eye gazing, right? Because then you can really connect to someone like I'm the connection catalyst. So obviously I love connecting. So for me, even like five or 10 minutes of eye gazing can already shed so many layers and can already make you drop into someone so much but i like doing it as uh, also tilson recommends when she does the connection process where one person is a is the one journeying into someone so it's like a shamanic journey into someone's consciousness into someone's world and universe and you explore all the landscapes and all the walls within this person and then you can really drop into if you do it long enough you can drop into the essence of someone and through all these layers through all these traumas all these landscapes walls whatever you can really feel who this person is in its essence, which is the divine, which is the source. So I really love uh, the practice of eye gazing and especially the, the connection process. Um, there is a book of Teal Swan, if someone is curious, to just really journey into someone and see really for them for who they are very, very deeply. Because, yeah, it's I've done it a few times and it was so powerful. Like it creates so much trust, I feel. And from the trust, you can build up more and more intimacy, more and more love more more safety in the relationship so i feel like it's really really nice yeah. and powerful so i guess it's amazing <laughs> and um i mean pretty much everything that really brings us into full presence with the other person presence creates intimacy so when we eye gaze we're actually just dropping into presence with each other when we deeply listen to another when we really deeply like witness them and give them so much presence they will feel so safe and love and they and it'll build trust so i feel yeah presence it's really every exercise that brings us into presence together that creates really really deep intimacy yeah i also i really mm. really love dancing for intimacy as well because um similar just coming full circle to what we um were talking about at the beginning when we move we have the ability to tap into our unconscious mind and when we move with another then we actually have again the ability to cut to tap into the unconscious mind and maybe even the relationship in an entity it, it can be a friendship or like a committed relationship but when we move as one together we all of a sudden tell a story and we're so intimate with each other and we, we, we might even transmute things that have been playing out between us and it can shift the dynamic. It's incredibly powerful. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's good that you brought it up because actually that brings me to one question about movement too, when you move with someone, because I've been on uh, these kind of workshops or whatever, where you have to, it's kind of like, um, I don't even know how to say it in English or I don't remember how it's called, but when you're in contact with someone, like for the whole time where you're dancing and moving and, and you kind of need to just feel each other and so on and move together. And I'm curious to know, like for people who are quite reserved and they don't know how to do this, how to connect with the other people through dancing and how to kind of like open up in this way, because it's not easy to just tune into someone else while they are dancing. What would you say to them who, people who maybe have not had so much in, in their life of like movement and dancing and so on. And suddenly they come to this workshop of when they need to move with the other person and like touching them constantly. And it's like, what the hell am I supposed to do? Like, what would you say to these people? I think something that's very, very important is that if being in such a situation to really listen to our own boundaries so because it's, it's it might be new you, you probably don't want to fully lean in 
you really want to maybe feel safe in your own being first. And really, that's what I mean by listening to your own boundaries, really just taking it slow, listening to your body. Where's my body at right now? Is it okay for me to um, lean a little bit more into this person? Is it okay for me to experience this level of touch right now? Um, and just taking it really, really slowly, really listening to our nervous system, the list, um, listening to... Um, yeah, listening to our body. And again, this is something where knowing ourselves and our body is, again, really beneficial. And I would definitely, like, I would highly recommend just taking it slow. Maybe start with a little bit of eye gazing first um, to, yeah, to take the edge off a little bit. And from there, you can just lean into it very, very, very slowly. I'm a dancer. Like, I've been dancing since childhood. I've been doing some, you know, hip hop and some, like, couple dancing and whatever. And I love dancing. But even I was just like, if I had to come come with someone and just dance in a couple and, like, you know, kind of, like, touch them uh specifically like all the time and i'm like oh <laughs> this one feels like a stretch to me although i love dancing and it's natural to me, you know so i think that it's actually a good exercise to to stretch your boundaries and to kind of go out of your comfort zone especially if you don't know this person so you're not like that much in the flow with them right it's a uh, i've tried it for myself and it was quite transformative so yeah thank you so much for sharing and so and then, i have one last little question to you another point is yeah yeah you go yeah, just one little addition to that. It's like also just accepting that it might be a little bit awkward. It might be awkward and just being okay with that. Um, yeah. That's also just like a self-acceptance piece. It's like, hey, I'm trying something new that doesn't have to be perfect right now. Okay, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm ready to hear yeah. the last question. That's a that's such a good point. Yeah, to to just accept that it's gonna be awkward, and then you don't have a problem with the awkwardness anymore because you're just like, yep, okay, this is just how it's gonna be. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I have one last little question. If people really vibe with your energy and they would like to work with you and maybe go through the spiral or just see what you're about, what is the best way to contact you or to see your content? The best way, I'm currently working on a website. So at the moment, the best way to connect with me and to see my content is um, probably on Instagram or on Facebook. Um, it's Mika Phoenix on Instagram. And Mika is spelled M-I-E-K-A and then Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix Flame Alchemy and Mika Phoenix. I have the alchemy in my name because I feel it's the essence of my work. Yeah, I, I yeah, because I really, I work with the essence of the phoenix, which is transformation and rebirth. And I work a lot, um, the work that I do, I work a lot in the energetic realms. Um, even if clients are not fully aware, there's a lot going on in the energetic realms when they work with me. And it's an alchemical process. That's why I have alchemy in there as well. Mm, beautiful. Thank you so, so much. I really enjoyed this whole conversation. And also... Um, you transmute, you transmute a lot yourself with alchemy. Yeah. Oh, yes. Everyone is their own alchemist. Everyone is their own phoenix, as we said at the beginning, right? <laughs> so thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Mika, for agreeing to be on the podcast. I really, really loved the conversation. It was so good. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to connecting with you in the future. And thank you so much for your beautiful wisdom that you shared, because it was truly, truly amazing and powerful. It's really beautiful to be here today. Thank you so much. <laughs> and I hope that our path will cross in, in the flesh at some point again. <laughs>
Thank you so much, beautiful souls, for listening to us. I hope that you really benefited from this conversation because it was really great. If you'd like to find me, I am The Connection Catalyst on Instagram. If you'd like to find Soul Fam Podcast, it's We Are Soul Fam on Instagram. So uh, follow us if you'd like. And sending you much, much love. Stay tuned to the next episode.